Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Friday, May the 10th, I'm your host, D.A., another night of the NBA playoffs, and another hero is minted. Jimmy Butler comes up with an enormous all-around game for the Philadelphia 76ers. In game number six, down 3-2, facing elimination, the Sixers stave it off to live to see another day to play game seven in Toronto on Sunday. As good as Joel Embiid was, as good as Ben Simmons was, it all started with Jimmy Buckets. Here's Angelo Cataldi, the morning show host on WIP in Philadelphia, throwing bouquets at Jimmy Butler's feet. I'm sorry, that's a $190 million game he just played. <laughs> Absolutely Even was. if he loses game seven, mm-hmm. right? Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's kept the – without Jimmy Butler, they're home right now. Jimmy – and you know what it is? It's not that he's talented, though he is. It's his heart. He's got heart. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got another level he goes to when big games are up. Some guys you see it in every game, John. When it's close game near the end, who wants a ball? Yeah, that's what that's where you find out what you're made of. That's your gamer. Yeah, that's why Game Seven is so such a fascinating thing. It's an X-ray of a sports team. Mm-hmm. You want to see what's inside the team? You t- put them in a Game Seven. Everything on the line, an entire season's work on the line, and you will find out who will step up. Now, I'll tell you this right now. Mm-hmm. No fear whatsoever. Butler will step up on Game 7 Sunday, and I'm pretty sure Leonard will. The rest of the guys will have to wait and see. You know, I, I got <laughs> to sure, make I. sure Embiid eats the right foods the yeah. next couple of days. I got to make sure Ben's in a good mood, and we'll get to all that stuff. There's the man right there. Let me tell you. Right, Al, you know that you've been in this city forever. Yeah. That's what the city wants to see. What Butler game last night? Oh, yeah. wait a minute. We got a game with everything on the line? I better step up. Stepped up, took over the game. Amazing job by Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler to me right now, Al. I love this man. I love him. I think he's the best. I just think he's there for you. Now, the other guy stepped up once Jimmy had. He's ideally suited for this. He's, just, yeah. he's ideally you. suited. It's, it's he's raw. You know he's is? unfiltered. He's raw. I, I, exactly. And, and he made a statement. Now, this is so beautiful. I almost want to put it to music ah. about his role on the team and what he needs to happen to be a positive force. This is they, uh, on his tombstone 100 years from now. Yeah. They should put this on. Listen to Jimmy. I play to win. I think right now this is what... I have to do in order to give us a, a great chance of winning. I think from game to game, hell, from series to series, the role could change. I'm cool with it. Like I always say, I just want to win. If we win, I'm good. If we don't, uh, I got a problem. And he'll cause trouble. He'll <laughs> yes. If they don't win, he'll point the finger. 
He He'll will. tell you who let him down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You got any doubts, John? Game seven Sunday. I know I'm already talking about it because what happened last night was about Sunday. It's all about Sunday. Yeah. You have any doubt he'll be there Sunday? Oh, he'll be there. Do you have any doubt he will want the ball early in the game to set the tone? Enemy territory, everything on the line. Yeah, he's a gamer. He's the game. That's it. That's it. And that's what this city loves. So I would like to begin the game with a tribute to Jimmy Butler. Because without Jimmy Butler, we got nothing. We're done. Rio, are we done? Uh, yes. No it's doubt. over, right? So the other guys, nice players. They do well. I got all that stuff. It's not the same. It's not the same as Jimmy Butler. Butler was awesome. And when Brett Brown, the head coach of the Sixers, calls Jimmy Butler the quote-unquote adult in the room, it tells you all you need to know about his dynamic inside that locker room. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are wildly talented young players, but they're young, they're immature, they're inconsistent. They don't know what it takes to win to that next level. Not that Jimmy Butler has been on a championship team, but he's been around the block before and very clearly as volatile and as combustible and as combative as Butler can be, he provides the blueprint for young players on how much effort to give when it matters most. And last night, he set the tone, he led, and they followed. And because of that, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you cannot allow Butler to leave via free agency. You want to keep him around and keep him part of the Embiid and Simmons era. On the West Coast, another game number six, another home team facing elimination. That'd be the Portland Trailblazers, who found a way to win and stave off their elimination for also a game seven on Sunday. The Denver Nuggets came in, but the Blazers had their wonderful shooting backcourt of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum both hit the 30-point mark. Here's Dusty and Cam in the morning on 1080 The Fan in Portland on a huge game six for the backcourt. If you can stay positive in this mindset of where these Blazers are right now and appreciate this team right now, you can see these guys liking to be here and wanting to be here. Oh, Rodney Hood said it last night. He loves being in Portland. But there, there, there was an overarching thought of is that, oh, how are you going to afford it? Just enjoy the moment right now. Don't worry about the future. Oh, Just enjoy this moment. Sure. Just sit back and relish in that game last night. Well, last night was it was refreshing to see because it, a lot of teams can roll over in those instances. And we saw actually two teams bow their back yesterday and say no process. we're not going we're not going out like that tonight and they bolted it on their home floor yeah that's right the process is 76ers did the exact same thing and if you look at the how the portland trail blazers did it how great was it to see you know you mentioned rodney hood has been the difference 25 points last night was amazing but the denver nuggets have done a phenomenal job of slowing damian lillard down frustrating damian lillard contesting a lot of his shots and he and CJ, even early in that game yesterday, were taking shots that were contested and actually got some really good open looks and they just weren't falling. To watch the ball go in for those two guys in the way that it did, especially for Dame in that third quarter, that's huge moving forward because we haven't seen him fall like that for Dame since game one, really. And I want to throw out the fact that CJ played wonderfully. There was a couple of big shots. I know in the first quarter it wasn't great, but he played an excellent second half. But he really did. Both he and Dame did. Yeah, no. I mean, there it was. It was. It was wonderful to see when your guards get started, and Denver didn't have an answer when those shots are falling. And the difficulty 
degree of difficulty above nine on some of the shots that they were doing, some of the step arounds, getting over the top of the screens. And and let's be honest, Denver got a little lazy on some of the threes. They're like, oh, Dame's at 32 feet. He's at 34 feet. It doesn't matter. There were three shots last night where I went, whoa. One was the C.J. McCollum taking Paul Millsap through the lane and just kind of the whoop-de-whoop up and under. Yeah. There was another where the Dame, where they call it Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown went into the lane and he was like, Boy, I pushed him. You know, Yoke, he went against Jokic and Jokic did push him and Lillard did the off balance fading away about 15 footer. And then Rodney Hood's ridiculous Euro step through the lane. It was a good one. If those three shots, you just were like, oh my gosh, it's, it's one of those nights for Portland where. And now everybody hates Will Barton because ahead. he went full pointer finger to. Oh, the, I have that the in the points, notes. The point. We do we call the point? That's kind of like Jake Browning's point against the Ducks a few years ago. You see what Seth said? <laughs> yeah, called them front runners. He said they're sassy, sassy front runners. Front runners that makes the that comment great. It's calling them they're real sassy over there. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's a I guess that's a shot. Sassy? I think. Why do I think of uh, like a nine-year-old girl with a doll that's yelling at you? That's why it's I a think great that's insult, the point. Cam. <laughs> Is because I'm it is sassy. It, duh. Sure, I'm explaining it. Uh-huh. In- All right, <laughs> but the the Curry Barton thing, uh, little dust up. There were a bunch of things to dissect from that that I actually absolutely loved about that game um, because not only was it Curry just not taking any BS from anybody, you had CJ McCollum and Zach Collins both showing something in that little scuffle that. I appreciate and I love and we'll talk about today. Uh, a lot of Blazer stuff. That Collins should have played at Duke. <clears throat> he reminds me of Just a Duke because player. you hate him? No, because he reminds you of it, that no, kind no, of kid. Not, not that you hate I him. I don't hate Zach Collins. I know. I'm excited for Zach Collins to show up and finally become that guy that you've been waiting for. You have to love the grit that the Blazers showed. You really do. You have to love the grit that they showed. Because the Blazers have not been this deep in the playoffs with a chance to go to a Game 7 with this young nucleus. And Lillard is becoming a superstar for the country overnight. And we know that stars and heroes are created in the postseason. And last night, another big performance by both those guys. They're the engine that makes everything go for the Blazers. And now we get another deciding Game number 7 on Sunday How good does it get in the NBA playoffs? Will we see a Game 7 between the Rockets and the Warriors? Tonight is their Game 6. In Houston, the Rockets need to win to push it to a Sunday Game 7. But the Rockets know they don't have to face off against Kevin Durant, who's out with that calf strain. On the Greg Papa Show on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, they had on former NBA player Matt Barnes. He's had calf strains before. So just what does this injury mean for Durant? Have you ever had a calf strain? What's it like to play with the calf strain? How long did it take you to get back? And two, do you like the physicality? Because in the games in Houston, they weren't physical. And Draymond talked about, basically called them soft, said we were playing soft here. Uh, calf strain, yes, several uh, when I was with the Clippers. And, and they're tricky because they could be feeling good, but it's one of those things until you go full speed, you don't understand if you're healthy or not. And you, normally they take some time, and time is something they don't have right now. So, uh, you know, they have a great staff there. Uh, I'm sure they're going to do everything around the clock they can to get him back. But, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm banking that 
having a previous calf strain, he'll probably be out the next two games. Um, and if, if the Warriors are able to, ex- you know, extend their series, I'm sure he'll be back the next round. But it's going to be a tough situation. Like I said, almost impossible shoes to fill, but it's going to have to be a group effort. And then from the physicality standpoint, it was definitely, you know, a step up. And it wasn't only the physicality, it was a second chance. It was a loose ball. It was all those, you know, the small, small things that they weren't doing in Houston, you know, that they, that they allowed, you know, the, the, the Rockets to get a lot of second chance opportunities. And that's what you don't want to do when you have someone like James Harden running that offense to give him a second look at a shot is, you know, almost every time going to be a, a problem. So they definitely match their energy, uh, their physicality. And that's the way they're going to have to play. It's always kind of been the knock with this, this worst team is you could you know, rough them up and kind of get them out of their game. And teams have tried to do that. It, it, it may work for a game, but then, you know, Draymond's going to get on everybody and hold them accountable and, and, and call everybody out. And normally that when that happens, they come back and respond well, and that's what they did last night. You know, Matt, we're all hoping they, they get this over as quickly as possible. Uh, but the other side of it is if if uh, if Denver does beat Portland tonight uh, and the Warriors win tomorrow night, then they're going to move the Western Conference Finals up till Sunday. So that would be in a tremendous short turnaround to have to play in Houston on a Friday night and then come back home and fly all night the four hours and then turn around and play on Sunday at 12.30. So just because you have had a, a calf injury, and all they're saying, they're not giving us a grade, but, you know, by saying mild strain of his right calf, we're, you know, we're expecting it to be a grade one. How long, if it's a grade one, how long will it take KD to come back? Because we're looking at possibly playing, if they start Sunday, you're going to have to play, uh, you know, maybe two games against Denver in the Western Conference Finals before he's able to come back, I would assume. Mm-hmm. I think right now it would be a guessing game. You know, like I said, I had the, I had those injuries, and luckily they were in the summertime. But like I said, it, it's one of those things where you know it's kind of like a growing where it, it'll it'll possibly feel good, but until you actually push it in a game situation, because really it's even hard to simulate in practice. Because you know, in practice you go different than you go in games, and right now they're not practicing as hard as they normally would. So, you know, I, I'm not a doctor. You know, and our bodies are different. But, you know, I'm thinking the Warriors are going to take this one game at a time and prepare to not have him. Um, How long? Like I said, I think that's a guess for anybody, any of us to make. Um, I know when he he, he feels right and feels like he can get back out and help the team, he'll be the first person to say, I'm ready to go. But like I said, right now it's, it's, it's the next man up. It's a, it's a really thin and short bench. And this is, you know, no one said that the, the, the ride to three was going to be easy. And, uh, you know, losing Boogie in the first round, losing KD in the second round, it, it's only going to add to the story and the legend if they're able to pull this off. What it means is that KD is not going to be in for this series that we know, out six and a potential seven, and he's not going to be back for the early part of next round either. I mean, remember, Kevin Durant is going to be a free agent this offseason. Does he really want to challenge his long-term health? Does he really want to sacrifice potentially being healthy next season with a new team? Does he at all want to compromise being out in the open market and being majorly injured by pushing himself out there too soon? The answer is absolutely not. So I think the bigger question is not only can the Warriors get past the Rockets without KD in this series, but more so, if they do, what does it mean for the next series which would be either against a plucky Blazers team or a very good Nuggets team that was the second-best team in the West this year behind Golden State.
We're talking about all the squads of the NBA playoffs that are still alive and balling, but how about let's talk about a team that should have been there and is not, the Los Angeles Lakers, who are in talks with Ty Lue to become the next head coach, a guy that had been to three NBA finals with LeBron and won a championship, and yet, because they wouldn't give Ty Lue complete control over his assistant coaching staff, nor would they give him the guarantee of years beyond when LeBron's contract ran out, Ty Lue said, thanks, but no thanks. Just how broken is the situation in Los Angeles? Well, here's Bull and Fox on 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, who were joined by NBA insider George Sedano from ESPN. The whole situation's been a mess, especially since he got hurt. Is there hope that that, that situation will turn around? Um, look, man, the one advantage they have is that they have the brand, the city, championships, all that stuff. I don't know how much weight that carries anymore, um, but it's it's worth at least a Hail Mary in free agency is, is the way I would describe it. And they've got LeBron, obviously, max cap space, a lottery pick, some decent young players, right? Like, they've got some things. The problem they have is you need someone in charge who can execute the plan. And they don't have that. They have the blind leading the blind. For the first time... In her life, basically, Jeannie Buss has been put in a situation where she's under the microscope. You know, the previous iteration of the Lakers had her brother Jim Buss running basketball operations and her on the business side, and there was a clear separation between church and state there. And when he was let go and she brought in Magic, she still had someone to kind of protect her a little bit, but then the decisions kind of fell on her whether it worked or not. And she was going to get the credit or get the blame. And then when Magic left, and and the way he left, and he's torching the place on the way out, talking about backstabbing and whatnot, now we all clearly see what Magic was talking about. This inner circle of Rob Palenka, who, again, he didn't even have a relationship with until he was paired to work with him. And Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis, and this inner circle that Jeannie Buzz has, um, or that's been created, the, the Rambis circle has been there for a long time. Rob basically just managed up and you know, my assumption is that's what Magic was talking about when he's talking about backstabbing. But you have the blind leading the blind. You've got nobody with real front office experience making decisions. So now Jeannie Buss no longer has a shield to protect her. And fans are furious, man. People are upset. This Ty Lu thing um, just ignited a fire. What do the fans think of LeBron in, in Los Angeles? Is he beloved? I wouldn't say he's beloved. I mean, that's definitely not the case. I would say that they respect him. Um, I would say that LeBron hasn't done a lot to ingratiate himself into the real fabric of Los Angeles. Like he's done a good job of ingratiating himself into the Hollywood community, but that's not LA, you know? And it's weird because clearly we know how he did that there with you guys in Cleveland and Akron or whatever. But even in Miami, like when I covered him there, he used to do these things called critical mass, which is like, Bike riding, right? Where like literally thousands of people would bike ride around the city of Miami, and he would take part in it. And I, I'm sure you guys remember the videos of him riding to the arena on his bicycle and things of that nature. He did a lot of stuff there that he hasn't done here. It's just really strange how he's kind of kept himself amongst the, for lack of a better term, the Hollywood elites. So I don't think he's done a great job of that, mm-hmm. and I, I think he can do better. And hopefully he understands that. He's kind of done some of the local interviews with some of the local uh, established people on like the local TV stations and things of that nature. People who've been here for you know, 30 and 40 years. So he started to do that, but I don't think he's done enough with the fans per se yeah. to really feel beloved. And, and again, you got to accomplish something here, man. Like, like you can't 
it's not about just even winning a championship. Like people who get beloved here win multiple championships. I don't know if he's going to have time to do that, but even if he just gets them on the to the brink, right to the precipice of winning a championship, I think that that would be a huge accomplishment considering the lack of time he may have here on the clock. The issue is the Lakers are a family business, and right now the family's dysfunctional. And so if you are a head coach like Ty Lue, I'm with you. You want guarantees. You don't want to be looking over your shoulder wondering who the next person inside that dysfunctional family is going to be that has the hatchet out for you. And right now, Kurt Rambis is pulling strings behind the scenes. I mean, since when is Kurt Rambis the kingmaker in the NBA, or his wife for that matter? The whole thing is so bizarre in Los Angeles, and the Lakers deserve the plight that they're in. To the Stanley Cup playoffs, Boston gets game number one over Carolina. The Bruins getting an opening victory and an opening salvo over the Hurricanes. Now, the Hurricanes are a very unpopular team in legendary hockey broadcaster Don Cherry's mind because they were celebrating on the ice after Windsor in the regular season with his whole song and dance and end zone celebrations basically orchestrated on the ice. Here is Don Cherry joining WEEI in Boston and Mutt and Callahan. Well, they're not showing up the other team. The other team's not even out there for it, and they only do it after wins, and the fans love it. So why do you why do you hate it so much, Don? Well, I don't hate it. I just uh, I, don't, I despise it. Uh, <laughs> you notice they don't do it in the playoffs. And the re- reason they do it during the season is that, uh, say a team comes in in, in October. Well, you won't see them again until March. But you notice they don't do it in the playoffs. So why, if they're going to do it in the season, why don't they do it in the playoffs? they got more fans Because of you. It's the reason they you. don't do it in the playoffs is because uh, they know that would bug the other team and it would be motivation for them. So, hey, I don't care. If they want to do stupid stuff like that, he asked me a question, and that's the way I feel about it. Hey, do you, um, do you agree uh, around here there's a sense that this is, the Bruins are the best team left? Uh, is that how you feel about it, Don? Well, I don't know. Uh, last night they were out hit, they were out shot, uh, they were out drawn, out face off. Uh, they got to play better. The Rask held them in there. They were out shot last night. Uh, Bergeron, uh, I, I said on uh, Hockey Night in Canada last night, he's the MVP, and he gets the winner. He makes me look good. But you know, it's a funny thing. They worried about Carlo playing with uh, Chera, and they were both plus both plus two, and they played terrific. I think Chera is uh, right now playing the best uh, he's ever had. I know everybody was worried he was 41 years old and everything, but he was fantastic last night. And, and Charlie Cole, hey, nobody ever talks about it. There was a movie that used to, used to be out uh, a long time ago with Robert Mitchum called The Adventures of Something of, of Eddie Coyle. You guys remember that? Yeah, Jerry of course, loves that movie. Number yeah. four, Bobby Orr. Um, um, Eddie, yeah, uh, Bobby Orr. Hey, Robert... uh, Charlie Coyle was plus three last night, and... Uh, I just say the Bruins. That that was the game that uh, that uh, and I, they had to win last night because um, I think the Bruins are going to come out a lot stronger. And, and what killed them was they come out full of fire, but then they get to all those penalties in a row. I just don't understand the officiating. I I just I, it used to be war when you had the playoffs, but. Um, Little hook here, little hook there. Uh, it must be tough coaching. Yeah, we oh had that God. argument earlier, Don. I, I thought it was for an official or playoff game. Way too tight by the official. Will that loosen up as the series goes on, or we expect this throughout the course of the next six games? Well, there was so much whining and uh, after the first week uh, by the media, you know, don't let this go. You got to call more penalties, and so they call more penalties now. And 
and you don't you like as a coach you don't know you don't know what to expect you your heart's in your mouth are they going to call a a retaliatory or i mean the penalties last night I, to me the penalties would never be called uh say 20 30 years ago but now they're calling them a little hawk here a little hawk there it reminds me of the regular season but they make it exciting and i guess people don't realize that hockey hockey uh, in uh the playoffs is supposed to be war, and, it, and it's not. Don't you just love hearing Don Cherry go off? I mean, there's just something really special about that. It just feels more important in the hockey playoffs to have Don Cherry that fired up about something and hate something that much. They're a bunch of jerks. Just don't go out and act like a bunch of jerks. What are you doing? That's not what we're doing. Professional hockey. God, I love Don Cherry. I wish he was my grandfather just to basically sit around during holidays and rip everything to shreds. Hey, finally, let's listen in to Mark Cuban. Of course, he has built a mega business empire and also the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Now, you probably watch him on Shark Tank quite a bit, a hit show for NBC and CNBC. He joined Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York and discussed how he built that empire and if he's got any NBA playoff predictions down the stretch. When people see you now and they see Cuban and he's this and he's that and he's buying this and he's got that, they might not realize you were a guy who was from humble beginnings. You were a guy who banged oh. around, right? You were a guy who oh, yeah. went door to door. You're the guy who yeah. did all you, – you were a hustler when oh. you were a kid, right? Oh, man, I had to hustle. I had no choice. My dad did upholstery on cars. My mom just had odd jobs all the time. You know, it was, I mean, we weren't poor. We had a, a you know, a nice middle-class existence, but, you know, my mom wanted, made sure that I got trained in a trade. She had somebody um, teach me how to lay carpet. And so if you ever like are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, tripping on a carpet and you looked at it and said, who the hell did this? It was probably me. And, um, and, and then you went to Indiana, <laughs> right? And broadcast.com yeah. was your big, was your yep. big success, right? Well, you got, you and yep. a couple other guys with broadcast.com, right? Yeah. So in the mid nineties, when nobody knew what streaming was, we're like, you know, we got to be able to come up with a way to listen to Indiana basketball. And by then, I had already built and sold a tech company. And so I was like, okay, let me see what I can put together. And so we literally started the very first streaming, or back then it was called Internet Broadcasting Company, to be able to listen to Indiana basketball. And then it just blew up, and we took it public and then sold it. Um, but it was, it was YouTube before YouTube and, and then some. Is it true that you have tried to get into baseball unsuccessfully a couple of times? Are you still interested yeah. in that? No, not still interested at all. Baseball has issues. But, um, yeah, I tried with the Cubs and with the Rangers, and both times I was told that it's not going to happen, we're not going to let you in. And so with the Rangers, we tried to get it through a bankruptcy court because they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to stop me at that point. But that's been 10 years ago, and, you know, it, that ship has sailed. I, you know, my, I, it, it's hard enough now with three kids. You know what it's like. I yep. mean, my kids are 9, 12, and 15. And when they were little, you know, and I only had two of them, they were tiny, I'm thinking, oh, I can do this because their mom did all the work. <laughs> you know, now you know, I'm a lot more involved, and I, I just would not have the time. Did you also try to – did you try to invest in the Mets once? Was Do I remember that? Is that no, true? No, that never happened. It wasn't People, true. Okay. I got, yeah, I got the call. That's not true. Um, That's not true. No, not okay. true at all. Because that has been out there that you were one of those guys who was one of those guys trying to make a bid in, 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 no. when the Mets put up their shares. You were not – that was right. not you. No, they contacted me. Whoever the broker was contacted me, and I, I never wanted to be a minority owner. I got contacted someone trying to sell some shares in the Yankees way back when, and yeah, I just never wanted to be a minority owner. Tell me this. Uh, playoffs right now, who do yeah. you like? 
What do you like? Well, everything changed last night, didn't it? It sure did, yes. Uh, you know, so we'll see what's up with KD. But, you know, I, I would have, if you were to ask me last week, I would have said Portland could have been the wild card out of the West because Dame Lillard was just playing out of his mind. But he's, I, I still think they have a shot. But I think whoever, if Golden State, if Golden State doesn't have Kevin Durant, I still think they beat Houston, but I think they lose to whoever um, wins between Denver and Portland. And then I think that team loses to Milwaukee. Thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It Thank you. Wow, Mark Cuban saying the Portland Trailblazers could have been a wild card and that the Warriors without Kevin Durant to the Western Conference Finals could get knocked off by the Nuggets or the Blazers. I don't think there's a lot of people feeling that strongly, that confident about Denver or Portland. How wild would it be to see Denver or Portland in the NBA Finals? I mean, when you think about the Warriors being in there every single year for the last four years, certainly the Rockets you could envision being there because of how many big games they've played in, James Harden, and being on the cusp of it last year up three games to two. I don't think anybody has conceived outside of Portland and Denver what it would be like to have the Blazers or the Nuggets represent the West. That would be wide open. Could you imagine the Blazers or the Nuggets against the Bucks or the Raptors? Now that would be a fresh new NBA, huh? That'll do it for us this week for Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. We'll see you on Monday after a slew of Game 7s. We'll see you then, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.